Hi, this is Katie Yale, Editor-in-Chief of Interiors and Sources, and thank you so much for joining us today for I Hear Design, an Interiors and Sources podcast. So today we are here with Danielle uh, Fenoy and Cece Stelges, uh, the co-principals of uh, Revamp. So thank you, ladies, so much for joining us. Um, I am so excited to talk about, you know, uh, both your firm and then how you guys are, are balancing this work life thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always a bit of a trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love this idea. Um, when, when I was first, uh, throwing around the idea because of the fact that it is so difficult, uh, to really balance work and life and, and, you know, I once talked to a principal who said, oh, yeah, work-life balance is perfect because you just work all the time. And I was like, I wasn't quite sure if they were being serious. Um, no, so- not at all. No, no, no. I think that must have been the case for us about five years ago or mm-hmm. more um, when, prior to me having a child. Mm-hmm. Um I, I didn't realize that, oh, I have the luxury of working until I finish what I need to get done. And you throw a kid into the mix and a schedule and a nanny that needs to be relieved or a, um, you know, a dog that needs to be walked. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have to go take care of something else. So mm-hmm. I have to turn this into a realistic schedule and not just this selfish work until I decide I'm done. Mm-hmm. So it's been something that has forced me to um, to find that. Well, will you both just kind of start out and, and chat about your your backgrounds, and then how did Revamp come come about? Okay. Well, I'm Danielle. I founded the company in 2008. Um, we, Cece and I, both met at Pratt. Actually, we were buddies. Uh, when we started in 2002 and then studied abroad together in Copenhagen, um, Denmark for a summer. We got to know each other really well as the (laughs) sun never set. So we were friends then. We stayed friends as we both went off into our own um, practices after grad school. And then, um, I started revamp and kept teasing her and saying, why don't you join me? Uh, less, less, uh, crazy work schedule and more, (laughs) you know, uh, freedom of, uh, design making skills and more credit for, for all your hard work. Um, so I started the company and then she was like, are you serious? Cause I'll do this. Then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And she she joined, and it's been, like we say, um, a great relationship ever since. Yeah. I um, uh, Before I got into interior design, I worked in the music industry, um, predominantly doing marketing for bands and record labels. And um, and then I got to a point where I was like, I want to do something more creative. And um, I decided to go back to grad school. And as Danielle said, that's where I met her. Now, my goal from the beginning was always to do hospitality work. Mm-hmm. I had spent a lot of time in bars, restaurants, hotels, etc. cetera, uh, when I was working in the music industry. And I, and I really felt how the environment where we would be you know, meeting journalists or you know, hosting an event 
really had an impact on um, on the atmosphere of the event and how people perceived the event, how people perceived the band. So the setting was really, really important. And so I always wanted to do, um, you know, commercial and hospitality work because I felt like um, that's just, it has, obviously residential work has a, has a lot of impact, but um, I enjoy doing stuff in the, in the um, commercial and, and public, you know, uh, hospitality spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when we, we both finished grad school, Danielle went into high-end residential design, and I worked for some uh, commercial hospitality design firms where, as you may know, they take people right out of school, pay them yeah. <laughs> not the most salary, work them pretty crazy hours, and uh, and people start to burn out. So by the time Danielle approached me and said, and what would you think about maybe, you know, us joining forces? I was totally ready for it. I also, by the time I, uh, Danielle and I joined forces, I had my first son and was getting pregnant or I think I was pregnant already with our second. So, um, I was ready to, uh, you know, to make mm-hmm. a change and to get out of that kind of work environment and, um, and work for myself. Great. And, you both uh, have brought up families, and I know that was something. You two had kids within five weeks of each other? <laughs> yeah. That's not something we recommend doing, but in retrospect, it's like, wow, we did that. It's like the biggest thing you could possibly overcome as two mm-hmm. women. Um, it, was, it was the funniest, most tra- tragic, and most amazing mistake ever. Uh, we clearly don't keep track of our schedules, <laughs> but um, it actually worked out to our advantage in a way. It was like, you know, you'd go to a client meeting and look at the person potentially hiring you, and they're looking at giant bellies like, okay, so how are we going to deal with this? Um, the end of the day it was like all right i was off for six weeks she was off for six weeks um we came back and each of us had our time and then we came back with a clear vision and, and mission for how to um to proceed mm. accordingly so it probably wasn't the longest maternity <laughs> that we would have liked but it was what it was and uh given that it's our company we were willing to make mm-hmm. that sacrifice yeah and, um, and also at the time that we both discovered that we were pregnant, we it was just the two of us, um, and so that forced us to say, okay, we, mm-hmm. we need to grow. Like we need to have somebody here um, before either one of us leaves. We need somebody we can rely on to um, to carry things over and to take care of admin tasks and all of that. So that it helped us to make that first step, and then you know later on mm-hmm. to expand. And that's, that's really when I said, oh, five years was the turning point because both of our boys are five about now. So it was a mental shift like, all right, if we're going to do this, we're going to mm. take it to the next level. And we have um, we have to start relying on other people. We can't carry the burden by ourselves. And I think um, that has been a huge um, opportunity uh, and transformation as a company. Um, it's not two women working to the bone. It's uh, two women going out and having uh, getting great projects and having a team that um, comes together and we create 
um, things as a unit, as a company, um, and then we delegate mm-hmm. as need be. Um, so it's it's more balanced, I think, for everyone. Yeah, uh, we still are super involved and have to be a part of the creative because that's what we enjoy most. But it's also not uh, wearing every single mm-hmm. hat that we used to. Yeah, because really stressful. Yeah, <laughs> designer, yeah. accountant, bookkeeper. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it was a big change. Well, I for love us. that yeah. idea of of having a, a hardship come up and being like, okay, we need to grow from this. We need to expand. We need to figure out. Um, you know, delegating. I find tends to be very difficult for people. You know, especially people who are, um, you know, a manager or in charge or owns a company. You know. Really trusting your team, I think, is uh, can at times be, um, you know, can can be lacking. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely a skill that you work on. I don't think it's a skill that um, you are perfect on day one. There are some things that matter more than others, so you might be a little mm-hmm. more micromanaging on that regard. But every you know, other things can be um, shared and relinquished much easier. Um, so I think each of us are slightly different in that regard. Um, and we work differently with our different staff. Um, so we've kind of learned um, how each other best work and what kinds of feedback we need to give and as well as much, what kind of creative um, direction we need to give. Um, or that like, look, this is part that I'm really good at. Like for me, it's space planning and, um, and picking some of the key signature elements. But then I also want to like let our, uh, our team run with some of those ideas. So it's not just, you know, execute, 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 but that they're part of mm-hmm. uh, the process as well. I also think that um, it's, we have to be very selective about who we hire. There are tons of really talented designers out there, but it's a matter of uh, finding designers who we really feel like we can trust in terms of shared aesthetics and also in terms of like work styles and personalities um you know i'm sure if you have a firm with a hundred employees you can absorb a lot more uh differences and and i do think that bringing in different opinions and different voices is great but at the same time we're a small company so we want to make sure that um you know we can delegate and trust our designers to make aesthetic decisions that are going to fall in line with the, the brand that and, and the aesthetic that we've set forth. Um, also, as designers, you know, we got into this because we love to design. So then we shift to business owners and there's all this other stuff that you have to do as business owners to run the business. So it's definitely, you know, it takes some time to uh, learn and step back and say, I'm not going to be involved in all these little decisions, not little, but like the the smaller decisions, the more details. I'm just going to let my designers handle it, trust them, give them guidance where they need to. But, you know, we have to do business development. We have to do, you know, there's other higher level executive um, tasks that we need to really be on top of. Yeah. Was there any... When you were first learning how to, how to do this, you know, because it does take time and... Um, do you have any advice or, or any thoughts on how you were able to kind of put your mind 
in that direction to be able to delegate more and kind of realize that you needed to, you know, trust uh, your employees and, and how to hire. Um, do you have any suggestions on, on how someone can kind of get into that mind frame? Goodness. Oh, I think it's really a matter of looking at everything that needs to be done and then saying, what of this can someone else do? And what of this do I need do I have to do myself have and, to or want to or want to there's yeah. <laughs> that are like, I so want to be involved in this. Uh, and there's parts of a project that is like, I don't need to spend my time working on this. This is something someone else can execute quite beautifully. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you prioritize based on need to have to want to. And um, and then you kind of take each project with that mindset. And also just because you are not doing whatever task, whatever work it is, it doesn't mean that um, you're not overseeing it. So, you know, you just have to figure out how's, what is the best way to give our designers direction, but also give them some freedom and trust them that they're going to come up with a good solution, a good design. Um, so they don't feel like they're being micromanaged, but at the same time, you know, they're not just taking orders. Mm-hmm. And when, when you first you, you came back from maternity leave, um, what were kind of the, the pros and cons and the things that you kind of dealt with when you jumped back into, uh, in, into your, your work? For me, I uh, had never had a kid, so uh, I didn't know what what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, uh, so this nanny thing, there's someone that's in my house all the time, and I don't like it. Um, they were actually, I had a really flaky nanny. They had, I think they took the fact that I was self-employed as you know a bonus. Oh, I'm going to be late. Oh, uh, my kid is sick, so I'm not going to come in. Or... So it was just like, uh, this, this isn't working. And um, it's funny because, you know, everyone loves having a nanny. It's great. Your house can be clean. Your kid looks like it's been, you know, buffed and <laughs> shined. And, and I was like, oh, he slept, sleeps better than I sleep? This is great. But for some reason, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I switched to daycare, which was I actually have to dress my child in the morning and get him to a <laughs> location and pump breast. Uh, pumping and all that stuff mm-hmm. and providing the milk. But for me, it was like, I know that there are 10 kids uh, that need to be watched every day. And those four people are not going to let me down. Um, mm. Versus the one person who was coming to my house let me down on so many levels. So it the daycare thing for me put me a bit more at ease, but he also got sick every two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> It, you know, for the first six months, and you're like, oh my gosh. So that was definitely a challenge. And um, the best part is Cece had already had two kids. So she would look at me and just say, deal with it. It's fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll take care of it. I, I got it. Um, so there was a certain, I mean, we just have always supported each other in that regard. I mean, I think for the, when we, when I found out, found out she was pregnant, it was like, what? You're not allowed to have sex. <laughs> You're not allowed to have a third one until I've had mine. <laughs> um, but once we got over that initial shock, yeah. um, it was really, um, 
a supportive uh, environment, you know, where she's, she's got an incredible nanny. She's got a great network of um, friends and mom supporters. And those are the ones that kind of teach you it's okay to do things differently. It's okay to, you know, have a sick day and, you know, you start to learn like more about what that balance becomes um, in the office. So, yeah. I also think um, on a more general level, um, once you have a child, once you become a a mother or parent, then suddenly um, it sounds bad, but it's almost like your time is not your own because, you know, you are in the office for X amount of time. And then when you're not in the office, you have another human being that you need to be responsible for, whether you're responsible or your partner, like you got to plan everything. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you don't just have this like, la la la, I'm going to, oh, maybe after work today, I'll go do this. So, so, so therefore your time be, feels like it's, uh, it's even more valuable and you you just cut to the chase. Like I got to get this done. I got to do this. I'm going to delegate this. I'm going to, I'm going to order on Amazon. I'm going to order on Amazon. I'm going to order. <laughs> I'm not going to feel guilty about sending my clothes out to the laundromat. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to get it done and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And, and it's just like, woo, because you have to, you don't have any choice, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, don't have kids and you're like well should I send my laundry out I really should just do it myself blah blah blah, blah. it's like I don't know your parent you're like just I just want to cross it off the list because I got other things to do and yeah. um it's, so it really like makes you focus and yeah it's kind of like that want to need to have to don't have to yeah. thing <laughs> right where you want to spend your time and if it ain't doing laundry then don't do mm-hmm. it yeah I got a little bit of that lean in stuff yeah but um but doing it in your own way um and however it's important and you know we each do it differently um and that works and i do think that the first year after you've had your first child maybe danielle's looking at me going first two years (laughs) it's a it's a adjustment time because you know as i said you suddenly your your time schedule and your responsibilities are just like completely different factor in also the lack of sleep and like you're just learning everything new and am I doing this right is this supposed to happen I don't know and you know you just feel like uh somewhat overwhelmed by it all but um you know but then you come out the other side and you know you kind of have a a pretty laser focused and um you know you're just in in high gear yeah it has become I think even more laser focused as they get older because then it's like oh they're actually like cognizant of things this is they the children uh cognizant of your time and wanting to spend time with you so it's like okay i signed up to be a class mm-hmm. parent this year that's <laughs> where am i gonna find to do that but i also feel like okay i want to get to know his school i want to get to know him and his learning development and um things that though that's something that became a priority for me so it's like i need to shift my schedule to be available whatever days those are and you calendar and you decide this is important. This is not important. I'm going to be present for this. And um, so you really become hyper-focused on where you want to spend your time. And I think we do that from a, on a personal level. I don't want to clean my house. So I got somebody mm. to do that, but I also really want to be involved in school. So I'm a class parent and I, I do this. Um, so we take it the same way with our projects. You know, this is the, the part that we want to be super involved in and oversee to the nth degree and be a part of the creative process here. 
but uh, these other things that need to get done and we trust that our team can do that, you know, we've created that, that um, mm-hmm. habit. Yeah. Well, I love this idea of, of being able to say like, need to, want to, don't want to. Um, I, I feel like, uh, you know, particularly with, with younger people who are entering the workforce that there is this like, well, I can just work constantly, you know, and, and um, for me personally, if I'm, especially if I'm speaking to a new uh, person who works at an agency, a lot of them are out of college. And sometimes I'll think of something randomly at like 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday, and I get a response immediately. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm allowed to work all the time. <laughs> like, please, please, back up. you know, but it's, it's, um, I know it's difficult for people to kind of say like, you know, I can't do all of these things and I need to prioritize. Um, did you find that that kind of looking at things that way, did it come easily or was it, was it something you had to kind of struggle with? I think. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think that uh, to your point about just like having an idea at, you know, uh, at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night or whatever, I feel like, um, particularly in the creative industry, like your your best ideas can come at any time or the day of the day or night. It's not like factory work where you need to be sitting at your job and you need to be producing this much per hour, etc. Um, and you know we all know that in order to have mental energy, you need you need to have physical energy. You need to be you know eating, sleeping, um, getting some exercise, all of that. And, um, and I think that, so for us, it's really important that, um, we're not working quote unquote all the time in terms of like sending emails, doing sketches, uh, you know, all of that, but that we find a way to balance it so that, you know, we, we have some, some time for all of the thoughts, uh, to process and, you know, the ideas to pop up and all of, all of that. I think that, that it is true both in terms of the way uh, the general trend in the workforce and also being in New York, it seems like it's a very competitive atmosphere and and people have a tendency to be working crazy hours. Um, and, uh, you know, got your iPad, your iPhone, your you know, people are like checking all the time and always on. But I think it's really, really important to put the phone down sometimes to go get completely immersed in something else, whether it's playing soccer or, you know, hanging out with your friends or exercise, whatever it is, if it's a hobby or a sport, I think that that's super important. Um, both in terms of just being a, a satisfied, healthy person. Um, and also what you bring back when you're refreshed can't just be like work, 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 because you can see diminishing returns Mm -hmm. because there's burnout. I I always found when we were at PRAC, actually, my best ideas came when Mm -hmm. I left the studio. Um, We have the same experience here, you know, close the laptop, turn off the screen, you know, put my feet up in my little cubicle office and uh, look at a magazine or step outside or, you know, come in late because I wanted to work out on Thursday, like all of those things kind of, they put you outside of your regular 
routine a little bit. And sometimes there's a moment that happens that's like, oh, I didn't think about something that way. Or, oh, I didn't know that that chair existed. And, you know, so um, I agree. We, I think we've gotten better at it over the years. Like Mm -hmm. both Cece and I take a day or two days a week that we come in later because we're working out or we um, have a parent thing to do. But I also think it's like a reminder that this isn't about this rote repeat, repeat, repeat experience in our office. You know, we do have a team that we can rely on, um, which enables us to have some freedom to be creative, freedom to deal with family things, freedom to work out and take care of our bodies, um, to prepare meals, whatever it is. Like we have carved out that time so that we can um, be energized and ready for what comes next. But also for our staff. I mean, we, you know, we're, our staff is here from nine to five thirty, and, uh, you know, sometimes they'll be finishing something up and they'll stay and someone will stay until six. If they stay until six thirty, it's because they're going to meet friends and they <laughs> don't want to go home. So they're just, you know, doing yeah. their own thing. But, um, it's not like some firms where I've worked for where nobody leaves before seven and, you know, and, we, and staying till midnight is, is very common. We, yeah. We, I think I have worked till midnight a handful <laughs> of times <laughs> uh, or maybe we'll go home and log back in a couple hours here and there, but we do think it's important. I did not have that experience when I got out of grad school. I worked for a firm that our hours were, you know, 8.45 to 5.45 and the latest I ever worked was like 7.15 and that mm-hmm. was one day in three years. Um, so to me, that craziness didn't exist and I was mm-hmm. like, don't need to bring that on. Yeah, but having worked for hospitality firms was like, <clears throat> you know, you go in at 930 and you don't know if you're leaving at mm-hmm. seven or 11. And, you know, it's a holiday weekend. Well, you might be chosen to work on a project that holiday weekend. And um, to me, it just, you know, it makes people feel bitter. And um, you're not getting the best out of out of the employees and you're not getting the best in terms of, you um, their ideas, their dedication. There's just so many, um, uh, so many downsides to it that I, I we both feel really strongly that um, we want to treat our employees well. Obviously, we need to get work done, but we just are, you know, we, we can mm-hmm. do it in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, we don't promise to our clients that are, um, you know, we can't handle with our existing staff mm-hmm. in a reasonable time frame. And do either one of you see um, more people being willing to talk about uh, work-life balance and the the truth behind like what people and, and especially women need to be able to do so much? Um, I know that for me, you know, I had a friend who admitted uh, and it was almost like she was it was difficult for her to admit that like that she got a, a house cleaner, that she just cannot keep up on it anymore. And it was kind of like. Okay. So, you know, like, yeah, great. Wonderful. You know, and, and it seemed like there was this embarrassment and on the other side, I totally have this difficulty being able to let go of everything. Cause it feels like everyone else is, is doing things better than I am. Um, yeah. Well, I would say it's, it's really easy in this day and age where, um, you know, people are checking social media and everyone's posting mm-hmm. like the rosiest possible picture 
of themselves and their lives and how everything is amazing and you know and at the same time there's like oh look at this cake you can bake for your friend's birthday <laughs> it's some like crazy no it's just like um there's uh there's so much out there particularly on social media that is um you know that's showing this idea that like oh look at all this amazing stuff that i can i did and you know that that you can do and and i think that especially for women for moms there is it's easy to feel this expectation that oh you're gonna Volunteer, not just volunteer for the PTA, but you're going to bring in some homemade, highly decorated cupcakes, or like you're going to go above and beyond. And um, <clears throat> I think that you just have to have a reality check and um, realize that you know there there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, exaggeration or like presenting the best. Um, possible thing online. You know, it's like people watch the like HGTV and these um, renovation shows, and it's like, whoa, you can do this incredible renovation and redecorating in a weekend. And we all know that behind the scenes, there's so much more involved, and it's the same thing. And, and I think that you just have to be uh, realistic about what you personally can do. And um, I don't know if it's because we're in New York mm -hmm. and people are so used to using those kinds of services, whether it's laundry or fresh direct or, you know, just ordering anything to be delivered. But I definitely think that um, amongst people I know here in, yeah. <laughs> in New York, like nobody feels any guilt about any of that stuff cleaned or anything like that. Um, I feel like in uh, those circles, I feel like there has been motherhood for me was a blessing in that um, the tribe of women that you find to support you mm -hmm. and hold you up uh, is pretty incredible. And those are the ones that help you realize that like, okay, pop the bubble. Yeah. This isn't all like roses and cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> this is different. Wine is needed. <laughs> You know, but also like we can do this. We pass the baby or the baton, whatever it is. Like um, that was a big lesson for me that like you're not in this alone. Uh, you have a, a partner, obviously, but it was the mental support that came from um, the mom friends was really um, huge and reminded me that we're human that we're not perfect, we're fallible, but we're also like in this together and like you ask and you can get help, you know? Um, so, and it's okay to get help. Um, so I think that's been a huge thing for me is like, you don't need to pretend that everything is okay. You don't need to mm -hmm. um, have, do everything, share the load, um, yeah. whether it's be asking it from my partner or if it's asking from, um, your staff asking from other mom, you know, uh, the answers are out there. The sport is out there. It's up for you to like open your mouth and ask for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we take that on a very personal level and also as a, as a very professional level. Um, so, yeah. In, in terms of the, like the same question in like a workplace um, realm, it's, I feel like it's hard to say if I feel like people, women, are speaking up and um, and voicing their needs 
more because for us it's you know it's us and um you know our, our small staff so it's not like we you know, we're all we're, we're pretty close and um uh we're pretty understanding you know when someone has a doctor's appointment or someone has you know god forbid some family issues or something like that um whereas at a at a larger firm where there's not that um uh, that camaraderie or that intimacy with the um, amongst the team it's it's hard to say i'd like to think that based on the discourse like that i read or that I, that that it is uh people are feeling comfortable speaking up and that um you know managers and business owners are more open to being accommodating but it's, it doesn't really cross our, um, I think maybe not specific examples, but I think looking in what happened, say, and just the election that happened and the number mm -hmm. of women and, and, um, that were elected. And it's just like mm -hmm. showing that you can do this, you know, there's a need for, um, all of it. And just because you have a kid doesn't mean that that's going to stop you, but it also is a real part of your life and you don't mm -hmm. need to just, uh, cut one thing off because you have another. Yeah, uh, there's everyone figures out how they make room for it in their own way. And I think that conversation is starting to happen um, more and more. And, and I, I think it's an incredible. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But also, Danielle just said um, you you feel like we can do this or I can do this. But I just want to be clear yeah. <laughs> that it's not the um, I can have it all. I can have it all because you know, there's just this this fallacy that like you can do everything and you know, and it's like, you need to realize what is what you can actually manage and, and not be, not be uh, disappointed or ashamed that you can't get done as much as you did when you were single or when you didn't have kids or you can't get as much done as the person sitting next to you who is single and has a very open schedule and you know, can do whatever he or she wants. Um, it's just about being realistic and, um, and understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, so our team here um, at INS, we, uh, and our sister publication buildings, um, their editor in chief and I um, work together very closely. And uh, I was telling you two earlier about, you know, the fact that I have this elderly cat who's just always sick. And it's like, it's like so embarrassing to have to call her and say, Hey, I'm going to be working from home and I'm probably going to be a mess. You know, like I'm going to be able to do the bare minimum for myself today. And because my cat's sick, you know, and like, and I know that for me, that was so hard to get used to doing, but both of us want our, our team to feel comfortable telling us when they cannot do something, when they are having a hard time, when they need, you know, a mental break or, you know, so to be able to do that, I have to do that. And it was kind of like, I know that for me, it was just kind of like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed, but my, uh, so my cat's sick again, you know, and, you know, like, so, hey guys. And, and, but for that. Great, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's been great though. Cause like, uh, the more that we do it, the more that our team feels like they can do it but you know i'm like i'm so embarrassed but you know the cat again and the, oh my god how's she doing you know like i've just seen a lot more people being uplifting about it in my own experience and with 
people that I've spoken with than the opposite, you know, but it still seems like there's a lot of fear involved with admitting I cannot do everything as well as the next person, or I don't think I can do everything that originally I thought I could do. Um, are you seeing some of that, like that embarrassment that people feel starting to go away or, cause one of the things with social media is, is this causing people to kind of hide that aspect of themselves more and more to look perfect? I don't, I don't think so. I think that, um, particularly, um, with a with a smaller team, whether you're talking about um, like a smaller design firm, or if you're talking about like a smaller studio amongst a larger company, you, when you're working closely with other people, um, especially in like creative fields where you're really sharing uh, these uh, ideas that are you know you're coming up with, I think that you develop relationships with people, and you can't help but people kind of know what's going on you know, to some degree in other people's lives. And um, I think that as there's more conversation about things like, um, you know, mental health days and, uh, you know, parental leave or paid uh, paid family leave. So not just for a parent, but, um, you know, caring for anybody in your family, it's become a little bit more um, accepted. And I think that, I would hope that um, companies would would uh, be open to that, so that somebody can speak up and and say, I, "I've got some I've got some stuff going on, and I need to take a mental health day," and not feel like they're committing a major faux pas or they're going to get fired or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, I think that it, it really depends on the company and the policies that they put out. Personally, I think the two of us feel like. You know, we just have to have that, like, okay, you get this many days off and, you know, we, I think we're pretty generous about it, but, you know, you can use them as you need to. Um, but w as to what you said before, like, you don't want someone coming in if they're like, you know, they think they have the flu and they're going to sit there mm -hmm. totally zoned out. Just like you don't want somebody to come in if, you know, their grandmother just passed away and they're just consumed by grief. I think mm -hmm. that when you, if you foster an environment where, um, where your staff knows that they're appreciated and they feel like they will, they'll go above and beyond, they'll go the extra mile when there's a crunch time. But then, you know, when they need, they need some help, they need something back, they know that they can... They get it yeah. I think it's a win-win situation I think it's re like reciprocal support uh, they know that we have our things that we need to deal with and and we also know that when times will come up that um, that they need a little time off for additional support from us and I think it's mutual yeah um, and mm -hmm. we think that that should be uh, the way it is for everyone yeah uh, stuff mm -hmm. happens for family for mm -hmm. pets, for children, for uh, parents, parents um, a lot of things. So support comes in different, you know, different needs, different ways. So uh, we definitely support it. Support, support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, great. So, um, so I always love to, to just kind of wrap up with, is there anything that um, I haven't asked today that you think that our listeners should uh, should really know. 
Hmm. I don't know. We have a really fun office. Uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, my dad, uh, used to always say, uh, he's in the voice acting industry. He said, it beats working for a living. And someday, <laughs> yeah. myself, um, you know what? I'm pretty doggone close to that. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we get to come in and have fun and, and, and pick amazing materials and colors and like push the envelope and hope that we have clients that support us. Um, there's a lot of laughter in this office. Uh, silliness. It's, it's great. So we, we want to create a, um, a fun and supportive environment that we're like, this isn't rocket science. It's cool ideas mm -hmm. and, um, and excellent execution. And, um, that's pretty much the gist. I mean, even, even when you have the most balanced work schedule and you leave the office at reasonable time and all that, you're still spending a significant chunk of your waking hours in your office, or if not in your office, doing work. So we both got into this because we love design and we feel like, you know, it's really important that um, our office is uh, a good place to come to, that it's a positive place and, um, know that we're we're enjoying ourselves obviously there's a lot of stress at times um mm -hmm. but um you know we just feel really strongly that um you know we like to we like to have a good time and enjoy ourselves and and have um our staff want to be here and you know have our clients while finish a project with us not just with an amazing looking space but also walk away with um, a good experience working with us and communicating with us. And, um, yeah, I think it can be done. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you both again so much for joining us today. And, um, to all of our listeners, please remember to rate review and subscribe. Uh, and we come out every Monday. So please let us know if you have any questions, concerns, or ideas. We'd love to hear feedback feedback. So, um, until next time, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.